Hey everybody, it's Monday, October 12th. Hope you're enjoying the federal holiday off here in the United States, but we here at Rogue Tulips are working and we're delighted to have this week's episode featuring Lucy Brazer, who is the founder and publisher of Executive Secretary Magazine. I am your host, Cecilia Sup. I'm the founder and principal of Rogue Tulips Nonprofit Consulting. My co-host and friend, Agnes Amos Coleman, who's a senior consultant with Rogue Tulips, can't be with us today due to a schedule conflict. So, hey, Agnes, we're thinking of you. And on behalf of Agnes, I would like to welcome our global audience. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. And good morning, good evening, good afternoon to you, Lucy. Would you like to introduce yourself quickly? And then we'll start talking about the topic of delivering exceptional value in uncertain times. Wonderful, thank you so much for the invitation to come speak to your audience, Cecilia. I'm delighted to be here. So I'm Lucy Brazier. I'm the CEO of March and Publishing. We publish Executive Secretary Magazine. It's a global publication for assistance that is distributed all over the world. But we also run conferences on five continents when we're not in COVID. We've recently taken them online, which has all been quite interesting because we had to do that very quickly. And we also deliver training to both executives and to assistants as how to best work together and how to make sure that assistants are adding value to the bottom line within their company. So it's a huge amount of work because it's about a fifth of the world's working population that works in admin. So that's about half a billion women and then 2% men on top of that that work in the profession. And um, there's a whole heap of education to be done. I had no idea there were that many people in what is, to me, and always my opinion, a very important part of any organizational structure and, uh, and an important profession. So all of the things you just said really relate to our main audience, which are nonprofit organizations. You talked about switching conferences to virtual, taking them online, which is a big leap. So let's just kind of dive into meetings right off the bat then, because that's kind of on everyone's mind right now. So. How can you identify and deliver exceptional value when you have to shift to that virtual conference? I think it's about understanding that it's about content, probably. Mm -hmm. I, I assume you're talking about events as opposed to meetings like the two of us speaking now. Oh, yeah? right. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking like conferences because, you know, nonprofit organizations, a lot of what they do is provide opportunities for people to come together in person at a conference yes. or a regional training session or maybe just a local networking event. Definitely. I mean, I think it's a about choosing the right platform. And we went with something called Hopin, which is actually if you buy the full version is very, very expensive. But I know that they do have a Hopin light and it's lovely. It's really nice for breakout areas and it has an expo area and you have the ability to have lots of people on screen at the same time. And it, it, it was just really nice. But I think for us, it was about A, the content. So making sure that there is interesting content and that there is a flow. And I think our real breakthrough came when we realized that it was a broadcast. So it had to have like a broadcast schedule because whereas if you are doing something that is a, a conference in a room, everybody comes and they sit and they, they sit and they listen and they're quite polite and you know they do the networking. If they're at home, they think, oh, I might just go and make a cup of coffee. I'm not really interested in this bit. Or <laughs> you know, I might just uh, <laughs> skip this one and come back at seven o'clock. And actually, if that's the case, it has to be like watching a TV program. The, pro the product has to start at seven o'clock if you said it's going to. So that 
you're not running five minutes behind or five minutes in, far, in front. And if you look at the whole day and you go, okay, so how are we going to make sure that this is really relevant information? And you don't have all that people walking on stage and walking off stage and people chatting in the audience for a little bit and everything else. It has to be really slick so that you're getting as much information in there as possible. But do a broadcast schedule, say, okay, this is how long that introduction is going to take. This is how long that session is going to take and make sure that you're getting content in that runs to time. And if you've got, for example, a 40 minute slot and somebody comes to you and they say, well, we've only got 38 minutes, find something to fill that two minutes so the next slot starts at the right time. So that's actually really interesting you mentioned Hopin because I actually participated in a conference on Hopin earlier this year. And I, I really liked it. And one of the things I liked about it is you could actually talk to somebody on camera in real time. Yes. Like you could network with somebody, connect with them and say, hey, do you want to talk? And you could actually chat with people, which you can't do on a lot of the other platforms. So I, I found that really interesting. It also did have a broadcast schedule. The, the people who did this, like it was like a test conference and it had a broadcast schedule. It's very important. And I had gone to another virtual conference in August and was just really bored a lot because they had long periods of nothing in between the sessions. And, and I think your point about, no, we need to make sure there's always something happening. There's always something for people to look at or hear or do is really, really important because it again comes back to that issue of value and delivering that exceptional value. So, do when you plan these uh, trainings and meetings all around the world and these virtual ones who is your major audience is it the administrative professional it is the administrative professional very definitely so we did one in um june which was all training all sorts of different training and inspiration and you know for assistance and uh we had about 500 people take part in that but we just did one that was purely tech purely tech for assistance, and that was over a thousand people that attended. And it was 48 hours of continuous content. So, you know, we really made sure, one of the things I love about Hopin is that they have this um, speed networking facility. And what I hadn't counted on really was that the community would come together and really be a community. And there are people who I think probably made friends at that conference who are now network networked in with each other on LinkedIn or whatever and are really doing good business with each other. So and it's the nearest thing that I've managed to find to an actual in-person experience. And believe me, I spent weeks and weeks and weeks watching demos to try and find the thing that was going to be the best thing for our conference. And yeah, and there's so many options out there all of a sudden too. It seems like, you know, we had Zoom for years, we had WebEx and things like that, but not really that virtual conference platform. No. So speaking of that, the people connecting and the individuals participating, I want to kind of shift the conversation a little bit to your main audience, the administrative professional, and how they deliver exceptional value. As you and I were talking about, and maybe a lot of people don't realize, uh, I actually started out as an administrative assistant. And, and a legal secretary at the very beginning of my career. So I was an administrative support person, professional, whatever you wanna call it. So how can, how can people on a team work the best with an administrative professional to achieve exceptional value within the team spirit and network of everybody working together? I think it's really an interesting question, Cecilia, thank you. I, it's, it's what I talk about more than anything else. And especially right now in the situation we find ourselves in with COVID, 
we are expecting our executives to be faster and smarter and you know just delivering things at lightning speed and actually quite often of course they're in a situation that they've never been in before and they're needing to really step up in some cases to save their businesses but definitely to make sure the revenue streams are still coming in and that they are able to do what they are amazing at and actually for probably about 10 years now, assistants have been really saying, you know, if you allow us to be your strategic business partner, in other words, if you get on with the things you're amazing at in your world and you give us the rest of it to do, to underpin the things that you are phenomenal at, then you've got more time to go and do those things. So a really amazing assistant can give back an executive 80% of their time. And let me just, 80%, let me just give you one example. Okay, so the average executive spends 58% of their time on email. Okay, mm -hmm. and that time is time which if the assistant were to triage their email for them, and I'm not talking about deleting things, what I'm talking about is putting them into a five-folder system so that you only have to deal with the emails that you need to deal with today. And I mean, I have that, I have that triage system and I'm, I'm very happy to send it to anybody that wants it to hand on to their assistant. But if you were to get your assistant to triage your emails for you, that takes the amount of time you spend on dealing with email down to 12% a day. Now, that means that whereas your company was spending 58% of your salary on you doing email, now it's spending 12% of your salary on you doing email. And think about whether you're managing your own calendar or out of COVID times, whether you're doing your own travel. There are so many different things that you're doing which your assistant could be doing for you. What about getting them to research right now what other companies are doing about bringing people back to work? What about getting them to prepare briefing documents for you if you're going to see a client or what the history was? I really think we need to stop thinking about assistants as gatekeepers of people and start thinking about them as gatekeepers of time and working out, because it's the business that employs them to make the executive supersonic, right? To make sure that the, super, the, the executive is using their time in the most effective way. And I think that when I go in and I talk in companies and quite often the HR directors stand at the back, they go at the end of it, oh my word, we never thought that you could use your assistant like that. Will you come and talk to our executives? And then I do. And quite often we find there are astonishing results. There was one company last year who had an uplift of 28% in their productivity for their executives where we went in and upskilled both the executives and the assistants in how to work together in partnership. So I actually think it's really interesting because the World Economic Forum is saying that the assistant role is going. And actually, at the lower level, yes, it is. All that task-based stuff where it's really repetitive is going because, of course, AI is coming. The fourth industrial revolution, we're in the middle of it. And yes, those task-based things will go to the machines. But where the assistants are phenomenal is on things like emotional intelligence and creativity and complex problem solving and critical thinking, all that stuff. So actually, if you use that, if you use those skills, it means that as an executive, you're able to add far more value to your business. Well, so it sounds like almost like the AI might be the assistant to the assistant it, because oh, the AI is doing all those tasks. So. Yeah. Yes, I totally think so. I mean, think, for example, about something like taking minutes, yes, which has been a staple, and I know my assistants hate it. Whenever I say taking minutes, they roll their eyes. But, you know, now you've got dictate on um, 
the new version of Microsoft, which will allow you to dictate the minutes, or something like Otter, which is otter.ai, which basically is on your phone. I'm actually writing a book at the moment using Otter AI because I just recorded my training course for on demand. And so I've literally played the training course into Otter. It's transcribed the entire thing for me, and now I'm just editing it. So if you've got stuff like that, that frees the assistant up to do other things. And by the way, the other thing that I would say to any executives out there is, if you don't have your assistant currently sitting in on leadership meetings, and not just for minutes, do it. Because what they will do is they will be your memory. Richard Branson calls his assistant his memory. So they will remember what you have promised to do, and they'll keep you on track. They'll remember what everybody else has promised to do, and they'll chase them for you and keep them on track. But it also means that they get to understand how the business really works, what the strategic direction is, and then they can help you to attain your goals and your KPIs for the year. And these are all yeah. things that nonprofit organizations talk about. Yes. Uh, they, they talk about strategy, they talk about KPI, they talk about uh, teamwork, they talk about levering re resources and increasing value. And it sounds to me, the, these data points that you're sharing, like a 28% increase in productivity, that means, you know, productivity isn't just busy work, that means we're looking at outcomes. And, yeah. and the point about an assistant being a memory, I love that thought, because nobody in a room can remember everything everybody said. And totally. But the other thing, Cecilia, is that if you have got something that you're announcing, or you're wanting to talk to the group about, you can say to your assistant, can you watch the body language? Because I want to know. I want to know what the reactions are for people. So I'm going to watch the top three people if you can watch the bottom three people. And that stuff is gold to understand what everybody's feeling, you know? Well, wow, that's another good thing. You know, it's like another set of eyes and another set of ears uh, because, again, you can't take all that in. And, oh, and you mentioned using, um, like, Microsoft Word Dictate or... O-T-T-A-I? Otter, okay. as in small furry animal. Yes. As an otter. Okay, <laughs> yes. I think somebody has mentioned that. I haven't tried it. I think somebody else has mentioned that to me. I haven't tried it, but I do use Microsoft Dictate now. Um, just last week, I dictated a blog post for someone as a guest yes. post. And it was just like so much easier. And then like, yeah, I just went in and edited it. Uh, it's, it's, I just, I do a lot of dictation now. Uh, I have a I actually got a uh, subscri online subscription to transcribe uh, things like this. Like if I have an audio file and I don't want to listen to it and type it, I just let it do it for me and it's automatic. So th these are all such great tips and gosh, you know, we're already down to just like a minute and a half left of our, of our oh, show wow. today. And th these conversations are always so good and they go so quickly. So it, Lucy, if you had to give, let's just say one thought on delivering exceptional value to a broad audience, what would that thought be? Oh my word. It's I a big question, it, I know. <laughs> it is, it's a really big question, but you know, I have always carried around with me a quote, um, and I think it's from Hamlet actually. It says, this above all, to thy own self be true, and it will follow as night does day, thou canst not then be false to any man. To me, if I can put my hand on my heart and I can say that I have worked as hard as I possibly can within my parameters, and especially at the moment in the middle of COVID when so many of us are juggling so many different things and many of us are working from home and we have kids and we have schooling and we have partners and we have work and everything else. 
if I can put my hand on my heart at the end of the day and say, I absolutely did my best, I feel like I'm delivering the best value that I possibly can. I love that. And I love Shakespeare. So I'm always open and excited when people have a Shakespeare quote. So I want to, again, signing off uh, It's time. Unfortunately, we have to go rogue for now, but we'll be back next week with another episode. And I want to thank our wonderful guest, Lucy Brazer. And uh, we hope you can come back next year and share some more thoughts on how things shift again after some of these pandemic uh, restrictions hopefully will be gone. Uh, but Lucy, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and follow up with you on some of these great insights about how to better leverage your administrative professional, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Um, I would probably email me, which is lbrazier at executivesecretary.com. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Unfortunately, I can't connect with anybody anymore because I've got to 30,000 followers. So they won't let me connect with oh anybody God. anymore. Um, but you're more than welcome to follow me there if you would like to, or you can message me via LinkedIn. Or we have Facebook groups. If you want your assistants to um, write to me or to join up, we've got Facebook group. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on um, LinkedIn. And I would love to link in with any of your assistants that would like to. That is wonderful. Well, thank you again, Lucy. Everyone, Lucy Brazer, founder and publisher of uh, Executive Secretary Magazine and uh, the, the publishing house that produces it and all of the wonderful education. So, uh, and let me just close with this thought, folks. Be nice to your administrative assistant. They work hard and they want to help you succeed. So uh, do take them seriously. Uh, so we're going to go rogue as I said, we'll be back next week. Thanks again, Lucy, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much, Cecilia. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, whoops. <laughs>